It's Rover for Northeast Factory Direct. I've been telling you they have the lowest prices anywhere for years now. But now they're actually putting it in writing. They have a one-year best price guarantee. That's right. Alex, the owner, he must have gone crazy. If you buy a furniture or hot tub from Northeast Factory Direct and within one year you find it advertised for less, Alex will refund the difference. There's no gimmick to this. Just save a lot of money. West 140th in Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard in Euclid, Freeway Drive in Macedonia, or shop online at northeastfactorydirect.com. have a culture war if one side refuses to turn up. On the politics, on the looting, on the rioting, uh, the Republican Party and Conservatives have been largely silent. And similarly, on the culture war, they've, uh, the other side has been largely silent. People, it's not, it's not the young snowflake generation who are easily triggered. It's the middle-aged guys running HBO uh, and these other corporations. Why are they not defending this? They've made millions off of Gone with the Wind. Uh, if people don't like it, fine. If that's not your take on the antebellum South, make your own movie. Write your own novel. Do your own play about the antebellum South. But don't demand uh, that things be abolished simply because uh, they weren't made with the peculiar uh, narcissistic sensibilities of uh, 2020 in mind. Mark Stein last night on Tucker Carlson talking about the whole HBO's not showing uh, Gone with the Wind, which I can't figure out if it's just a publicity stunt to get HBO mentioned. Um, I'm starting to lean that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking they sat around. They're in the entertainment business. They said, look, um, this stuff's hot. How do we get our name repeated a lot? What do we, what do we say we got or a new, do? We got a new streaming service. Right. Right. So I find that uh, somewhat uh, suspicious. Uh, I mean, there are lots of movies that have, you know, outdated, unflattering, unwise, racist, whatever, portrayals of various people, various groups of people. Um, uh, dozens and hundreds, thousands of movies that answer that description. Sure. You single out the biggest movie of all time. Um, Mark Stein's point about you can't have a cultural war if the other side doesn't show up to fight. It's with, with cancer culture and the, the, and the way Twitter can blow up on you. There's no fighting back on a lot of this stuff in the culture war. Cause one side can 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 come up to the line and go way across the line right and smash your stuff right you put a toe across the line on this side and you're done so you can't even get close to the line so you can't have much of a battle there right you know i've been reading a lot about the the terrible awful book white fragility that's getting so much attention and uh, the great conundrum the great knot of that book is that if you deny you're racist, that's absolute proof you're a racist. If you admit to being racist, that also proves you're a racist. In short, you're a racist. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, James Lindsay is constantly saying. Boy, watch some of his YouTube videos about uh, about this whole thing, critical race theory and all that stuff. It's 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 set up on purpose as a no-win situation. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, back to the whole movies thing. Netflix just launched a BLM collection of movies and shows. Uh, Black Lives Matter film collection. So, 
Yeah, when that, I, when that I, just makes sense to me. When I fired up my Netflix yesterday, as, uh, instead of the typical home screen, it's it, it had a little promotional announcement of this uh, with some sort of, you know, clearly focus group's statement of, with these times, we have uh, compiled a, a list of blah, blah, blah. Would you like to check these out? And there are various documentaries and, and things like that. Want to learn more about blank? Here's, here's where you yeah. would get into that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, I thought this was interesting. Let me find this. This was from NPR uh, on a similar kind of topic. Uh, decolonizing your bookshelf has become a thing. Oh, boy. It's about actively resisting and casting aside the colonialist ideas of narrative storytelling and literature that have pervaded the American psyche for so long. Oh, boy. Uh, this that's is, on the this NPR is the Twitter full-on wackadoo stuff. Decolonizing your bookshelf. Right. It'd be getting rid of any Kipling or probably Winston Churchill. Or... Although that sentence suggested that just traditional literature by its traditionalist is patriarchal and, and racist and the rest of it. True that. The whole uh, introduce a character, have them overcome difficulties and learn something in the end is, is the patriarchy. Well, we probably uh, uh, we're going to have our old news guy, Marshall, not not old as an age. He's 27. Old as in he used to be our news guy, Marshall Phillips. We're going to have him on here in a little bit. I'm not going to lie. He looks like hell as a 27-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you're partying too hard, dude. Yeah. Woo. You look way over 27. Our, 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 our dearly departed newsman? No, that's not good either. No, he's our, not dead. He's very much alive. recently retired. He retired. He's newsman. living the good life. Right. He unfortunately retired at the very moment that the... Can't go anywhere. The, the, the whole country shut down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we were going to talk to him about uh, some people are having an argument. Is this is this is just like 1968? It's nothing like 1968. It's something like 1968. I think when 80, 80% of people answered a poll saying things are out of control. Yeah. The, the, the only time in modern history I can remember that fits in with that, and I'm just reading about it. Uh, my only concerns in 1968 were mostly Tinker Toy related. Um, <laughs> I knew nothing about the, you know, the anti-war protests for the most part. Um, uh, but so we're going to talk to Marshall Phillips about that coming up. I had something else I was going to launch into. What was that? The decolonizing your bookshelf. Oh, I'm sure that's just going to be delightful. Oh, I, I want to get into later later this new definition of racism. A, a woman contacted. Uh, Webster's Dictionary and said, I think your uh, definition of racism is wrong. Here's what it needs to be. And we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit, because I think it's it's interesting for the conversation going forward. Well, I'd I mean, characterize we're, redef- it. we're redefining terms. The dictionary people, terrified, capitulated, got on their knees when ordered to by the, the young woman. Mm. Mm. Joe Getty with strong words. Yeah, well, it's a living. Uh, anyway. oh, oh, you know what? I never got to the Asians thing. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Briefly on the 1968 thing. Okay. Because uh, culturally, I think it is similar. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's uh, you're this side or that side, and people size you up quickly. And if you're if you're the other side, you're on the wrong side, and there's no in between. That sounds like 1960. I remember our old boss saying he was wearing a uh, an American flag. On his jacket after 9-11. He was a New Yorker and, you know, American uh, flag pins were, were a big deal. But he said he was Vietnam era 
And he said, man, when I was a young man, somebody with a flag pan was a Nazi as far as I'm concerned. I can't believe I'm wearing one now. Yeah. But, you know, things had calmed down during that period of time. That didn't mean anything to have a flag pan on. And you weren't looking for enemies around every corner right. of, of fellow citizens. But that's where we are now. Well, and very radical groups are trying to capture the energy of the moment and convince everybody it's time for a revolution. But so culturally, I think it is 1968. Politically, though, some people are making the argument that what Trump is doing and he's being advised, according to some, that, look, Nixon in 68, when things will look like they're falling apart, the average American wanted law and order. Mm-hmm. He ran on I'm going to be a law and order candidate. And Trump's trying to take that playbook with missing the difference being that Nixon was out of office. <laughs> he was he was a guy that could claim in, look, things have gotten out of hand under this administration. I'm going to come in and establish law and order. Right. Trump is in office. Right. It's that's I think that's a, a complete, I think off, that's yeah. a completely different situation. Yeah. Politically. Yeah. Unless you announce some giant new initiative, something specific. And also forgetting that in in 68 because we do have a presidential election coming up and things are pretty crazy. You had three serious candidates. And um Nixon won with 42% of the vote, I think, because uh, George Wallace got a big chunk of votes out there. Anyway, unless somebody's going to come along in the next couple of months. Racist which, Democrat George Wallace. Or racist Democrat, right, which siphoned off a whole chunk of people. Right. Maybe we have something like that come along, you know, somebody's pushing. George Wallace is going to run again? No, a, a Black Lives Matter candidate that mm. gets, you know, 15% of the vote. Mm. That could happen. Couldn't it? Especially if Joe Biden wanders off into the woods in his bathrobe, which I've been predicting. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, anyway, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Uh, conversation with our, I almost said expired. That's not oh, the right word gee, either. money. No. What is I it with you? I don't it's know. the Grim Reaper. Retired is the correct yes. word. Yes. Retired newsman. Armstrong and Getty. So it just popped into my head today as I was listening to uh, various conversations over the last couple of weeks comparing these current times to 1968, which I used to look at, read about in history books, watch documentaries about and think, man, that must have been something to live through. Ugly. Constant protests, violence, police versus the people in the street. You're either on their side. There's no. There's no staying out of it. You're either on that side or that side. Riots, I burnings. Been, yeah. We're clearly there now. Yeah. Well, to discuss, to compare, to contrast, and to just say hello. Uh, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips. Marshall, you were with us for a cup of coffee. What was it? Fifteen years. <laughs> It was about 15 years, yeah, 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 a little more than a cup of coffee. By the way, guys, I have not left my house since January 21st. I've had to deal with things like raccoons in the chimney and, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, neighbor's complaints about my growing pyramid of Chardonnay bottles out in front. <laughs> <laughs> that. Growing pyramid of Chardonnay bottles. Living you know, large. It's I was, art. 
I was actually thinking, because I remember before you retired from this uh, program, discussion of how much you're going to follow the news or whatnot, and I could see checking out completely. So it just occurred to me, we could get you on the phone, you could say the what now? <laughs> the the protest about what? The, the, there's, a, there's a disease? <laughs> Maybe you're not following the news. Uh, no, no, my friends, I have to tell you, I have been following the news probably even too much. In fact, you get to a point, especially when you're t- talking about the pandemic and, and the action on the streets and that, well, as far as the pandemic goes, I get a cough, you know, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh, my God, right. I, I've got the virus, you know. Then you just got to calm yourself down. Then I look at what has been going on in the streets, and I got to tell you, in a lot of ways, this is very similar to what was happening in 1968, except it's not being played out against the background of a pandemic. It is being fueled by a lot of people who are just really ticked off with what they see as the current state of affairs. Back in the 60s, it was the Vietnam War, which a lot of people felt was illegal, hadn't really been explained to them. They had friends dying. And now you've got another another uh, groundswell that's actually you know spread worldwide fueled uh, in large part by young people who have just gotten out in the streets and said, we've had enough. Well, was so it was it the I, same way in 68? It, it's, it's the way it seems from reading about it, but I wasn't old enough to know what was going on. Where you were either on one side or the other, it was very easy, very difficult to be neutral? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, you were, you really were on one side or the other. There, It was hard to find a middle ground at that point. And, uh, again, uh, the anger was fueled by both sides, people who wanted peace and would condemn the soldiers and people who thought the war was righteous and would condemn the people who wanted peace. There were, it was real hard to find a middle ground. Do you remember people being uh, dragged out into the public square and their careers being executed for being on the wrong side of Various arguments back then. This, uh, of course, a lot of it's social media. Yeah, right maybe now, without but, social media, you couldn't right. do that. Do you, do you remember anything right. about that? No, not so much. No, not so much. I mean, uh, and again, uh, as you pointed out, social media has made a huge difference. I mean, you can be trolled. You can say the wrong thing or try to say the right thing in an awkward way and be crucified for it. That 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 uh, was that did not exist back then. Although although. Fiery tempers did produce fiery results, both in 1968 and today. You know, it's probably worth pointing out the average sandwich shop owner or, or uh, you know, NBA announcer or whatever, they had no way to communicate their opinion no. to the masses. Correct. Uh, and Correct. so you'd never hear about it anyway. You didn't know what Frank Gifford thought about the Vietnam War, necessarily. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, exactly. And again... Uh, even if people would say certain inflammatory things, a lot of the reporters wouldn't report it. They would just say, all right, well, that's just background. And they wouldn't actually put it in print. Hmm. That, and, and again, it's you know, when I started work in radio, oh, God knows how many years ago, you would call the president Mr. President or Mr. Trump you would ne- or Mr. Nixon, you would never just say Nixon or yeah, it was always much more formal. And again, with how about you lying, on, communist, morbidly obese <laughs> Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, as time went on, that began to appear in the free press and uh, other alternate uh, media. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But what? Yeah, so what? But so in, in between '68 and recent yeah. times, we obviously came back together. You know, in a in a in a in a period of time where we we were we're now thinking, oh, those were the golden days. How do we get those back? What what ended the division? Just the war ending, or or did it run its course? Or do you have any idea? You're talking about the the end of the Vietnam War. Well, what I what brought us back together from the '60s to a more a calmer period through the '70s, '80s, and '90s? I think I think a lot of it was the fact that the war ended, the draft ended, and uh, people started talking to each other more. You know, if you had uh, if you knew somebody that came back from the war, you saw they were in pain. So you you know you might you might be more willing to talk to one another as opposed to just getting on social media and try to dog somebody. Well, in a lot of the race, go ahead, Marshall. Sorry, I was just going to say I noticed that happening through the years, especially as we got to the end of the seventies into the eighties. There was a lot more of all right. I appreciate what you thought you had to do. And I appreciate what you thought you had to do. So you had more of that back and forth. It's also uh, significant that the Nixon administration, in the wake of the race riots of the late 60s, launched enormous social programs, huge spending by the Republican uh, administration. Then, And a lot of people thought, okay, that'll help. That'll be good. And and so, okay, we won't burn the cities anymore. Um, And a lot of it actually didn't help. It hurt, in my opinion, but... Um, and then Watergate came and went, and then the war ended. So, yeah, we just got and back Happy to Happy Days was on TV, and everything was fine. Yep, good times. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, we, we had, had intended when you retired to check in with you now and then on retirement. Unfortunately, you retired right at the moment of a, a global pandemic and a, and a Great Depression. So, eh, rough timing for your retirement. I, I realize, and you know, uh, I will be very honest with you. Part of me is sad and uh i'm not happy that i retired at this uh, period of time but part of me is also saying all right you know now's a good time to step back at least for now you know retirement doesn't mean forever but right. at least for now and it's given me in all honesty a really good chance to observe other people dealing with things in their real life against this whole background against this panoply of what's going on yeah. hey marsha i'm and sorry we I, I have to jump in, even as you're making a beautiful point. we got about 20 seconds left. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I will tell you this. I am living in an undisclosed location. It <laughs> took five months. It took five months, but my house, my other house, is up for sale. Excellent. Oh, awesome. Excellent. And I assume you're continuing to stockpile gold and weaponry. Everybody, Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Always great to talk. Yeah, to thanks Mark. for your time, thanks. Marshall. All right. Bye now. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Following a string of recent coronavirus outbreaks at several of its warehouses around the country, Amazon is reportedly planning to develop its own labs to test employees for the virus. Said managers, red means you're fine, blue means you're fine. You're fine. Um, Because Amazon's mean to workers something, something. Okay. Just, Just stuff your boxes. Um, uh, I thought I saw, I, I know I saw, I just didn't confirm it, 
that 70 testing places were closed down, at least temporarily, during the uh, riots and protests across Mm. America. Ironic. 70. Or unfortunate or something. When we were told that the most important thing happening in the world was the pandemic, testing is the most important thing to do for that. Then there's a political cause you agree with, so then people can gather together, and we are going to shut down 70 testing places. Right. All right. Right. Go along to get along, Jack. So more serious uh, stuff that we ought to be talking about uh, in the next segment, probably. Uh, but uh, hey, you got to play this if you haven't heard this yet. This is uh, at a uh, a meeting of uh, the uh, the essentially the board of supervisors of Chicago. They call them aldermen. Um, but one of the aldermen, and I, it's funny, I don't have the guy's name in front of me. I had it for two days and I put it aside, but. He was uh, complaining about how Chicago had dropped the ball in terms of protecting the neighborhoods he represented. He's the first, I think his name's Ruiz, but um, the second voice you hear is the delightful, the charming Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. We can't expect our police, and I don't fault them at all, to be able to control this. But I know that we asked our faith base yesterday to stand at the front line between police and looters and rioters. And I am simply not comfortable telling my churches, those people, to be the intermediary in the middle of a riot that's citywide. We need something better because right now we only have 370 whatever National Guards on standby. Half our neighborhoods are already obliterated. It's too late. We have to come up with a better plan because once my fear is once we're, they're done looting and rioting and whatever's going to happen tonight, God help us. What happens when they start going after residents, going into the neighborhoods? Once they start trying to break down people's doors, so they think they got something, or you know, we know that people are here to antagonize and incite, and you've got them all pumped tonight. Today, they're not going to go to bed at eight o'clock. They're going to turn their focus in the neighborhoods. I've got gangbangers with AK-47s walking around right now, just waiting to settle some scores. What are we going to do, and what do we tell our residents other than good faith people stand up? It's not going to be enough. Thank you, Alderman. Next question. Well, no, I want an answer. I that You commented on everybody. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. This is a question that I have. I think you're 100%, I think you're 100% full of s*** is what I think. If you think oh, we no were... No offense, to you then. Who are you, you to tell me I'm full of s***? If you think, if you think we were not ready and we stood by and let the neighborhood go up, there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. Because well, maybe you should come out and see what's going on. the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I understand you want supreme. I understand that you think that you... Mayor, you need to check your f***ing attitude. That's what you need to do. Right now? No. You need to check your attitude. Wow. Went on like that for some time, them swearing at each other, before other aldermen stepped in and said, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's uh, Raymond Lopez, who's uh, with the 15th Ward of Chicago. And she is the... The mayor. The mayor. She is the mayor. Well, then blank you, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to check your effing attitude. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 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 That's something. His screed, I listened to his screed. First time I heard that, 
and thought, wow, yeah, that's some that's some righteous standing up to the mayor and demanding accountability. Then her answer was, thanks for your question. Yeah, Moving uh, on. Uh, oh, I was uh, like, what? That would have set me off, too. Oh, well, it set him off. <laughs> Lynn F. You. Well, he handled better than I did. He stayed calm until she dropped with a, that's a load of S. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. That was some election with two like far lefties running against each other, and she won. Uh, and Chicago is reaping the delightful benefits of her leadership even now. So did Donald Trump do a dog whistle racist thing, as he's accused of often? Is it just a coincidence? Uh, what is going on there? We got this text earlier. I teased four hours ago. If you stuck around for this, congratulations. <laughs> well, and thank you. That uh, we got a text from a black Trump supporter, a black guy who was a Trump supporter, and said, that's it. As a black Trump supporter, he's finally lost me. For him to hold a rally on Juneteenth, June 19th is considered the black 4th of July. Uh, Trump is having a rally on June 19th, which I guess is referred to as Juneteenth, in Mm -hmm. a city where a massacre of black people took place in the 20s is too much. I can't explain it away or excuse it. There are people who believe, and the Twitter sphere is full of people who, who are convinced, that it's not just an accident or coincidence that Trump is having a rally on June 19th. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, the location is part of it, too. It's not just the date. Yeah, because of yeah, the, the aforementioned, uh, yeah, uh, one of the most, uh, worst episodes in American history, honestly. Um, let me think about this now. The date... You'd have to be a better, well, maybe you'd have to be, maybe if you're a white supremacist, you know, these dates, you'd have to be a better fan of history than me to have put those things together. Um, I, I would have, it would never have crossed my mind, but, you know. Yeah, I don't, it seems like a stretch to me. I don't, I don't know. There are a lot of things because that there, happen on that date. Because there are two different things. Yeah, that's the, so it's the, is it the anniversary of, it was when all slaves were declared free, was it in Texas or? I can't remember specifically. It's one of those dates that um, slavery officially ended and people were officially free. On uh, June 19th, 1865, the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been issued on January 1st, was read to enslaved African Americans in Texas by Gordon Granger. Okay, so I got like 40% on the test if, yeah, my, teacher, if my teacher is generous. <laughs> um, You're a good kid. You always show up. You don't talk in class. I knew it was about. I knew Texas. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 40. The, the summary, emancipation of the last remaining enslaved African Americans in the Confederacy. There you go. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big day. I, on the other hand, it's... You can come up with all sorts of stuff that happens on every single day of the year. I just, I don't know, it seems like a stretch to me. Uh, Trump picks Tulsa on Juneteenth for return to campaign rallies, says MSNBC, MS, uh, uh, DNC. I don't have any concept of how big a deal Juneteenth is. It's pretty for black big. people. I mean, is it pretty something big. that comes up every year? You recognize? Oh, there are big did? parties and picnics and 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 festivals and all sorts of stuff. I'll take your word for it. I have no knowledge of this. So. It's and I think it's also trending upwards in terms of uh, I've uh, even just this week I saw several companies saying they are going to make that a company holiday for for their employees. Could he have had a rally anywhere and got away with it? Because you could find any city if you're going to be in a city, any city in America, you could point to a a racial dust up. That has happened that is horrible. Not as big as this, but you come up with something, right? Yeah, it seems like a stretch to me, especially because Trump, if Trump can peel away 
a small percentage of the black vote, three, four percent. See that he wins. That would be that'd be one of the things. It seems to me that he's going way far far the other direction in terms of trying to make sure he gets some of the black vote, more of the black vote than uh, mm-hmm. Republicans normally do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would be cutting his throat to do that. Yeah, particularly yeah. given the polls' attitudes of all Americans. Okay, I'm convinced. Democrat, so. Republican, Independent about the protests and having, police brutality. Having thought this through, there's no way this is on purpose. It wouldn't make any sense. Um, It'd just, be suicidal. Just politi- even if, if you, even if you're cynical about Trump. Go on. There's no. I don't. I don't get the upside. If you believe that Trump is a secretly dog whistling racists and racists vote for Trump, he's going to get those votes anyway. What would be the upside of this Juneteenth signal when lately, the last several weeks and and for years now, he's working so hard to peel off some of the black vote? I just can't imagine those people are going to get anyway. If you believe the racism stuff, those people are going to get anyway. And I'm trying to get these people. It would be yeah. A, I'm calling fake news. It would be a uh, it would be a really bad strategy, even if you are a racist. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's I think it smacks news. of the um, people doing secret hand signals and stuff like that. And I always think, well, what what are you accomplishing with that? Well, as it turns out, it was some I- I- juvenile idiotic game they play there at the the academy. Mm. In the case of that, at the football game and the rest of it. I don't know. I'm worn out. <laughs> Can't take it anymore. You know what, Michael? We're going with your plan coming up. Something uh, what, something happened with an Amazon driver that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> that's what we're going to go I with. I don't know if it's funny. but Amazon, who's been doing a lot of crazy stuff lately. I'll, I'll turn this one serious. Amazon, out of control. Monopolies. Hey. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My segment is called These Times. Hit the theme music. I'm tuning out. Um, we're gonna get to I don't a, like these times. We're going to get to an Amazon thing here in a second. I came across this headline, and I didn't read the story. And I'm wondering if you can fill in the story as I read you the headline. Okay. Because I don't really think I really understood. Sean might get it because you do more of this sort of thing than I do, certainly. Uh, but anyway, it uh, it almost turns into a hostage situation. Delivery apps have cast themselves as pandemic survivors for restaurants. Many restaurateurs say otherwise. How are delivery apps turning running a restaurant into a hostage situation? I wish I had clicked on the story. It's their only business, so they have to dance to the app's tune. I know one restaurateur who just stopped. He, he said it was just it was too much. What was too much? Well, he said they couldn't keep up w- with the orders. That was part of it, and um, it just it was so different a way of doing business. They just couldn't make it work. I didn't grill him a lot was, about it. But. Uh, that's interesting. My restaurant experience has been really bad through this pandemic. Like almost every order I've ever ordered anywhere, sit down or take out, has been v- very wrong. Mm. Very, very wrong. And I, I, it's happened so often that it clearly has got to be some sort of we're working with half the staff, we laid so many people off or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's too, it's been too consistently bad to not be for some reason. And we were at a restaurant. I won't mention it because I really love the restaurant, but ate indoors at a restaurant and everything 
almost everything we ordered, originally ordered, I think four out of five things they didn't have, which my brother muttered on your breath, why are you open if you don't have any of these things? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's got to be a, I don't know whether it's meat shortages or short on staff or you can only, you know, I yeah, don't know what they is. got no budget. I don't know. Oh, man. Sucks. I, I just saw this. Twitter is calling for Nickelodeon to drop Paw Patrol. It's more copaganda. Because oh, it's copaganda. Oh, you've got to be kidding. I am not kidding. Oh, this this is an onion <laughs> thing. This is a joke. It's um, got to be a joke. The, the crimes they solve are so uh, non-controversial. Trust me. I've watched a lot of Paw Patrol. Here's your quote. Even big-hearted cartoon, car, hmm, take two. Even big-hearted cartoon police dogs, or maybe especially big-hearted cartoon police dogs, are on notice. The effort to publicize police brutality also means banishing the good cop archetype. Has Chase weighed in? He's the kid that. Who's uh, Chase? He's the kid that's in charge of the dogs. Well, in charge. He's their friend. <laughs> Which range of Paw Patrol seems harmless enough, and that's the point. The movement rests on understanding that cops do plenty of harm. That's the New York Times. Say that again. Uh, Paw Patrol seems harmless enough, and that's the point. Yes, it does. End of story. The movement rests on... It's a cartoon dogs. (laughs) The movement rests on understanding that cops do plenty of harm. Well, what's it got to do with Paw Patrol? So you got to portray him as always harmful. And I I can also tell you this, having uh, raised kids through it fairly recently... You age out of it at about four. I mean, it's for little kids. It's it's one step above Blue's Clues. For well, ages. you got them indoctrinated by then. I mean, you go from Blue's Clues, really simple stuff, to Paw Patrol, and then you're out of that by like age four. Mm. My kids have been, you know, that's little kid stuff, Dad. I won't watch it. We've got blankets. We've got pillows. We've got mm. videos. We got curtains. They all say Paw Patrol on them. Now you don't. Now you're embarrassed by Paw Patrol. Oh boy! <laughs> but yeah, so it's for really little kids. Yeah, I mean, you yep. could possibly make this argument if it's a show for twelve-year-olds that might have some idea what's going on in the world. But for your three-year-old, you're worried the message it's sending. Yep. Come on now. Yep. All right. Uh, do we have time for this Amazon thing? Whatever it is, Michael. Yeah, it's you know kind of it's not. Probably not the best way to end this show. If you want to end on a high note. Oh, it's a bad note? <laughs> well, it's well, like how bad man. a note. It's not bad. A poor young kid comes out to deliver a package. And he's, yeah, let's hear it anyway. All right. <laughs> you come back there again and trespass on my property. Okay. I'm going to shoot your tires out and have you arrested All for right. trespassing. My GPS isn't working, so I'm not able to find out where I'm going. Well, so if you... It's, I'm just wandering around trying to find where I need to deliver this package. You don't need to threaten me with gun violence. There, it's not threatening you. I'm it is threatening. I'm tires out, so you okay. can call it whatever you want. It's my property. Does, yes. Yeah, He's threatening yeah. me with gun violence. Does that sound? Does that sound like three sixty six? I'm trying. Are you? Uh, go. I'm going. Go. I work, get I down. Like Guys, can you just back off so I can get out of here? Okay. On the same road. Are you? Are you? Yeah, right down here. Okay. Awesome. Oh, so boy. Amazon driver gets confronted by a guy saying, get off my property. A second guy comes and yells at the first guy saying they're both on my property. And then that guy's <laughs> yes. wife. Oh, is that what was happening? Yeah. And so then that guy's wife was like, no, no, just go to the hedge and make a right. And that is the way we here. do it in the country. Stay off our freaking property. I've never threatened to shoot anybody, but I have said the other part to people before. Go. They keep talking. Go. Leave now. Go. Get. What get if you're out of on here. somebody else's property <laughs> when you're yelling here. that? Now, that's a weird. And you say, you get off my property. That's very weird. Uh, the, 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 the problem with the Amazon thing is 
there's a lot of randos driving dented up bondoed cars that pulled into your driveway out in the country, <laughs> and you don't have any idea who they. What are you doing way out here? On my little tiny driveway, far from anything. Yeah. Why you been sitting there so long? What are you doing out there? Shoot out their tires. Find out. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, tie them up in the backyard. Throw, throw flashbangs at them. But can't, <laughs> put put them on top of an ant hill. Can't you, know, just, what are you, you But can't you get a magnet sign that says Amazon for your car? Something to indicate why you're there. Anything? All right. I was going to call you Clem, but that's reasonable. <laughs> Final thoughts. my lawn. I guarantee you the kind of cars that sometimes show up, if they were in your driveway, you'd be looking through the window thinking, who the hell is that? I'd be glad and I got a big wh- black dog. And why have they been sitting there so long? Yep. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. There he is, Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael, final thought? Yeah, I just want to thank texters who reminded me that weddings are about love, not about great bodies. So... <laughs> That was the question of whether or not he should put off the wedding to get in better shape since the gyms were closed. Positive Sean, our producer, a final thought for us? Yes, uh, already wishing it was tomorrow as there is a new Spike Lee movie dropping on Netflix called The Five Bloods. It's about uh, uh, Vietnam, or not, yeah, Vietnam (laughs) veterans going back to Vietnam to find the gold they buried. I'm all in. Hmm. Wasn't that uh, movie with Ice Cube that same plot but a rock? Uh, Three Kings, yeah, 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 very similar. Yeah, Yeah, fine. They got two more guys in this one, apparently. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final five bloods, right? Yeah. And, uh, there you there go. You it's, it's two better. And less uh, royal. Jack, a uh, final thought for us? 66% more people. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm just exhausted by the, all of it. Just the whole thing. I, I've never been more exhausted with the news cycle than I am now. It's your white fragility. Could be. <laughs> My final thought is the great undercovered and interesting story of the day is the anarchy in Seattle, the takeover of seven square city blocks by radicals who are now yeah. patrolling it with their own guns, beating down those who dissent. That's a fascinating story. I hope the mainstream media catches on to it because I want to I see more about this. Well, tell all your friends to listen to the Armstrong and Getty show. We're on it. To hell with the mainstream media. Hmm. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks a little time. Go to go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of the podcasts are there. You can get cool Armstrong and Getty swag. Drop us a note, email, uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? But not obvious enough for a dope. Durr, what are words you vesting? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Hi, it's Bill Wills for Alex at Northeast Factory Direct. He is so confident his business model offers you the absolute lowest price. He's going to guarantee it. He buys in volume, and he can save you big. So he's going to give you the lowest price. And now he's backed it up with a one-year best price guarantee. No gimmick. There are some terms and conditions. So see more at northeastfactorydirect.com. Bottom line is it's going to be a great shopping experience on name-brand furniture at a lower price. Guaranteed now. Northeast Factory Direct, West 140th Street, Cleveland, Latham Boulevard, Euclid, Freeway Drive, Macedonia. Online, more at northeastfactorydirect.com.